the point is that men need to allow themselves to not be perfect to have this conversation. You're going to step in it and you're going to sound different than who you want people to believe you are. It's very vulnerable. It's not comfortable half the time. And nobody likes to be vulnerable or uncomfortable, and that's the irony. Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias through conversation. I'm Annie Rogaski, and this is the last episode of the season. This has been the man box season where I've spent a lot of time learning about the man box, learning about how it impacts men and their ability to advocate for gender equality, as well as how it impacts women. We've had my friend Sam Devins on just about every episode except the intro one this season, sharing his perspective on the various issues that we tackled each week. And Sam's back for our last episode this season. We spent some time reflecting on the experience, on learning about the man box, talking about the man box, talking about gender issues with someone of a different gender, and wanted to share with you our reflections about that experience and share some suggestions of how you might go about doing the same thing. As I close out the season, I did want to thank our listeners for all the feedback. This has been a much more active engagement than most seasons, and I think partly because it was a focused topic and also because I think we hit some some triggers along the way, which is good. It means that we're covering the right topics and having some impact on people. So thank you for the comments, the emails, the phone calls, the tweets. I appreciate all the input and would love to hear from you about if there's any particular topic that you'd like to hear about in the next season. So I'm going to take the summer off and then we'll be back sometime in the fall with a new season. And I am thinking about what that season will cover. I've already had some great suggestions from listeners and welcome any suggestions you might have. You can, of course, email me at unravelingpink at gmail.com or send me a direct message on Twitter at unravelingpink. Thank you for joining me on this journey exploring the man box and for giving me the space to learn as I go. I am excited to see what's next and re-energized about the new format and tackling topics of interest to all of you. So please give me your feedback and I will be back sometime in the fall. Here's my conversation with Sam. Are there aspects of the man box that we should retain? Like, are there positive aspects of the man box that we should retain? Kind of to address those listeners who are thinking, well, I kind of like who I am. Why do I have to change? Yeah. So any benefits of the man box? Every time I think about the man box uh, and what we've talked about regarding the man box has been pretty uh, critical and negative. There are benefits, absolutely. Um, there's a resilience that you develop Mm. um, being around others that push you. And I think there's a particular honesty amongst men. um, In what way? That uh, men tend to challenge each other more. 
um, openly. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy, but I feel, and this is a complete generalization, but I feel that men um, are compelled to surface whatever is bothering them and dealing with it out in the open. And uh, a lot of ways that they deal with it isn't the most uh, pragmatic, but a lot of times men get it out and get it over with, attacking whatever issue heads up. And um, trans- not emotional issues, because we talked about it all stems really... from emotions. So, you know, men get injured, mm-hmm. um, but how that gets processed, they get angry. You know, mm-hmm. if you um, disrespect uh, a man, uh, men, the male ego is very sensitive, and if you are disrespected in any way, shape, or form. Um, the result is anger and that challenging the person who offended you or attacked you. Um, so that, you know, kind of going down that rabbit hole, not the best way of dealing with things, but I feel that like beyond violence and all that, I think that men have um, a tendency to just get it out and mm-hmm. confront building that resilience and um, having a sense that nothing is impossible. Hmm. We have a, um, a rule in my house. You can't use the word impossible because my, my boys often say, well, no, I can't do it. It's, it this is impossible or <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It's impossible. And they stop themselves now. Um, what I'm trying to build in them, and it would be the same if they were boys or girls, but I just happen to have two boys, is just try. Mm-hmm. Nothing's impossible until you try, you know. Um, so we, we've removed that out of our lexicon. I like that idea of resilience. I remember when I was practicing law and I lost a trial and it was very painful. Um, And I was like mired in sadness and frustration and beating beating myself up. And and this went on for months. And I remember uh, one of my male mentors pulled me aside at one point and he pointed me at this other male partner who I didn't know all that well um but he said he lost this trial you know another trial or had some failure and do you see him stewing about it do you see him you know beating himself up no he's he's moved on like that was just one thing and that's part of the job and he moved on to the next thing and he was trying to show me that there's that resilience that mm-hmm. you need to access, which I have in certain amounts and in certain circumstances. But for that, that professional, very public failure, it was really hard to recover from. But that was what kind of snapped me out of it. And that's not to say that he didn't feel it. Yeah, yeah. He just he, didn't show it or men, something. Men do know. not want to lose ever but I think that they process a loss into that will never happen again like I will try twice as hard next time Mm -hmm. and um, when I was in football pretty much every sport I've been in you have coaches that are um, you have the nice coaches when you're young but as you get older they start yelling at you so you get yelled at a lot And it takes some getting used to, but after a while, you just tune it out. It's not personal. And um, I think that 
has helped me in my life because it's not like I've been yelled at a lot by a bunch of different people, but my threshold for what I will accept is pretty high. Mm -hmm. And um, just from a physical standpoint, uh, in football, prior to the season, you practice twice a day. They're called two-a-days. And there's um, a couple weeks where you do that. It's um, They call it hell week, but it's actually two weeks. Hell weeks. Hell weeks. <laughs> and it's in the middle of August, and um, it was it was terrible, terrible. Um, but what I learned was that um, I could push myself way further than I ever thought I would mm-hmm. be able to. And part of that is being yelled at, being like motivated, in quotes, motivated to continue and having other guys around me that weren't quitting. Mm-hmm. And I would have quit. Um, I'm thinking about a particular day that I would have quit a thousand times had it not been for a line of people running in front of me and running behind me. I was on this conveyor belt that I could not get off. And I went to a place of just physical exhaustion where I wasn't thinking anymore. I was just putting one foot in front of the next. And it was kind of like this existential, like I had broken through to this higher plane. And um, I was just kind of flying at altitude. Mm -hmm. Like I had broken through and I I could have run for the rest of the day. And I wasn't going to give up. And um, that was a turning point in my life where as much physical pain as I was in, or if I was running a race or whatever it was, I knew I had a reserve Mm -hmm. and that wouldn't have happened had it not been for that, that experience. And I value that. And um, part of it was really, really uncomfortable and unfair and just having grown men like scream in your ear and (laughs) get up, get up, get up. But I found something out about myself that I wouldn't have found out otherwise. Was the yelling required, though? It's a good question. I can't say for sure. Like, if I would have responded to, like, someone, you know, just putting a light hand on my shoulder and saying, you got this, you can do this. I I think there's maybe something in between those two, um, which is uh, just saying, keep going. You don't get to stop now. Like, is there... Because... In the sports I played, I had mostly male coaches, but I don't remember them yelling at us, but I remember them being very strict and strong with keep going. And we had two-a-days, too, for basketball, and those were brutal. But but what I remember about that, as you were telling your story, it was kind of flashing back to my experience, was what kept us going was each other. And it's kind of like maybe it's a us versus them thing. Yes. And if it's the, the yelling pieces, you can hate me. Oh, yeah. But you're going to work together to get through this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think everyone should go there two days <laughs> to build resilience. Cause... But that was that's a good point. Um, it brought us together as a team mm-hmm. because it was the team against the coaches. Like, yeah. we were not going to let the coaches win. And uh, we weren't going to let each other down. And this was happening when we were, you know, 14, 15, 16 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Where, um, and, and knowing that you have brothers, um, you go through something like that and you have people that will fight for you, you yeah. know, especially on a football field. I mean, you are a gang. And knowing that you have, 
you know, 30, 40 other guys that would on the field or off the field protect you is, is a really, really, really good feeling mm -hmm. as you can imagine, you know, yeah. like you're kind of like a made man, you know, nobody's going to touch, touch you, you know, nobody's going to mess with you. Nothing. Yeah. So resilience and speaking up about what you're thinking. Think Among other both, things. I think yeah. they're really good yeah. traits that, mm -hmm. um, we should not lose. I kind of feel that those are outside the man box. Really? I, I, it's all intertwined, I'm sure. Everything related to the man box that we've been talking about kind of has this negative aspect to it. Yeah, it's kind of how we approach the season of yeah. what are the aspects of the man box that are not helpful. And I've wanted to, at times, say it's not all bad. Yeah. You know, I don't want to paint the picture that just being a guy is insufferable. Because uh, it's not. Um, so discussing all this stuff, I, I pause at times for a lot of different reasons, but that being one of them, because I, I feel like, man, am I going too far? I never felt like I was selling men out or throwing them under the bus. Um, but there were times where little warning lights would go on, a little voice in my head. Um, I had a competing voice in my head at all times saying, either don't say that, or um, any guy that would listen to that would reject it and um, challenge you on that. So I had this voice in my head challenging me the entire time. Like every word that was coming out of my mouth had to go through that filter. And so I would catch myself and have these long pauses. I just had one um, for that reason. Because there's this man box voice being like, you're outside the boundaries, get back in, you know, and that, that, that feeling kind of sits in your chest when you talk about this stuff. I can feel it now. Hmm. Part of it is the three cups of coffee that I've had this morning, but the other is like, <laughs> I know that I'm talking about some I stuff. I see that's... nothing wrong with three cups of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that feeling of like, you know, just kind of being on thin ice, you yeah. know, that, uh, and just the, it being an unfamiliar topic, all these topics, I just, I, I don't have a lot of experience. As much as I feel like I've talked about this stuff and I'm um, a bit more sensitive to it all, doesn't mean that it's easy to talk, to talk about. So I can't imagine people that have never even scratched the surface, like mm -hmm. how they would even start. Yeah. And when we talk about solutions and all that, it's just like, I'm like, I, yeah, it's such a huge, big, uncharted territory like how are guys going to talk about this stuff yeah i think truly that that men all men should be in some form of therapy and i'm pausing because the voice in my head is like oy, oy, oy. you know <laughs> like you can't say that that's not a man box thing to say but um i believe it you why? know why because our experience, kind of this man box kind of closing in around us and not realizing that it's closing in around us, that these walls are being built around what we can say or feel, think or act or wear, express ourselves. Um, when you become an adult, you're kind of locked into this, this lane that you didn't build for yourself. It was built for you. Um, and that needs to be unpacked and rewired. And I think the only way that you can do that is through some form of therapy, um, whatever, whatever form that takes. 
Um, it doesn't have to be the traditional route of sitting opposite a therapist. Um, but when we talk about solutions and where do we go from here and how can men evolve, um, I, I really do feel that that is the one clear way that men can change. Kind of unwittingly, we've been, or wittingly, we've been pointing the finger at men. Um, but I also want to remind this being kind of the final episode of this particular season that uh, um, men are the way they are because of uh, circumstances that they did not control. I'm not excusing their behavior now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Um, but it's important that we understand the genesis of it all. And hopefully that kind of gets worked into the dialogue between men and women, you know? Men not feeling... Um, resp God, see, this is tough, you know? Because I'm, I'm sure... Ugh, yeah, I'll pause there, yeah. <laughs> the voice in the back of my head is like, no, you're going too far, you're going too far. I do think that we should have more conversations about this stuff, and it's hard. And we've sat in this closet for many weeks talking about different issues that are hard to talk about. But I've learned a lot about your experience, which I know is unique to you and not representative of every man out there, but getting a little insight into some of the influences that boys have growing up or have had in the past and thinking about how are we um, contributing to that going forward or how can we interrupt that pattern. There's so many things that I see and think about now when I interact with other people that I never would have thought about before you and I sat down and started having these conversations. Yeah, likewise. And... Um, and I've had comments from listeners, like really impacted by hearing about your um, your story, like your upbringing with with primarily a very strong mother and strong sister, and the impact that that's had on you. And yet, you've also experienced what might be viewed as a traditional male man box upbringing. I mean, the football stories is a pretty common male experience, I think. I keep coming back to people being complex and having their own stories, but there are certainly shared threads or experiences that maybe men have around being trained under the man box regime. But also, you and I have a lot of common threads in our upbringing and the way we approach things, um, which I think is important for people to experience and see. And the only way you can figure that out is by talking to people. Mm -hmm. But my other observation. Like, Here oh it comes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Drum roll, please. Um, so I've, I've been obviously impacted by uh, gender issues my whole life you know I've, I've seen how I was treated in different circumstances and had to judge is this because I'm female is it not um, 
And so this has been on my radar screen for a long, long time. And, and in the past, I don't know, 10 or so years, I've talked with a lot of people about it. And I inundate myself with news and articles and tweets. And, and I'm so immersed in the gender equality space and hearing what people are talking about and who's talking about what and, and the men who are part of that conversation, how do they engage and what are they talking about that what I've realized from talking with you is you are much more aware of these issues I think than a lot of people and yet there's still this gap in I don't want to say knowledge so much as immersion maybe mm-hmm. um, that I've, I've noticed as we've talked that we don't have a common frame of reference about a lot of topics just because I delve into the deep end on a lot of these things and maybe you're at the shallow end because you don't have to. You don't have to seek this information out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it in part because it impacts me on a daily basis and yeah. because I want to do something to move us towards equality. But that process, and it's not a dig on you, it's just mm-hmm. an observation that as we try to have these conversations, there will likely be a difference in knowledge mm-hmm. or awareness of the issues, and it can be experiential, it can be from uh, reading and researching, whatever it might be, but to, to not get frustrated by that, but to yeah. try to find some common ground where we can talk and move the conversation forward and understand each other's experiences, mm-hmm. I think is really important. There have been topics that, I, mm-hmm. that you told me we were going to talk about, and I would research a little bit, and that helped kind of... Um, form the discussion and then I started thinking well is that forming my opinion before I get here Um, and then there were other times where I said you know what I'm not even going to look Mm -hmm. Um, last week being one of them those cases it was a very raw opinion a raw take on Mm -hmm. um, some of these issues and a lot of times I just had I had no idea about a lot of things that you were bringing up my experience as a man I just I don't have experience in any of that. Whether I researched it or not, I didn't I didn't live the those experiences. Um, and whether you're man or woman, if you don't have exposure to it, yeah. you can't speak about it. Like I I feel like it's not my place to have an opinion on some of these things because I didn't experience them, you know. And to 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 share my perspective on something that I didn't live or experience would feel even worse, you know, like, well, this is what I think, even though I haven't experienced it, you know? I mean, how would that come oh, off? But I've learned from the man box that that's what you guys do all the time. Yeah, but it's different <clears throat> sitting opposite a woman talking about how things affect women. Mm-hmm. You know, men can talk about, men have very uh, very few filters, no filters a lot of times when they're around each other, depending upon what men you're around. Yeah. There's different levels of filter as you know women have with their sure. friends you yeah. know and there there are friends that you have that there's just there's no sacred cow mm-hmm. you know even with you i know you really really well i'm still kind of like there are things that i can and cannot say or i should i should say that i i choose not to say yeah you know what i mean yeah. that's why the gaslighting well, episode we were I talking about how yeah. it wasn't my opinion but it was liberating just to be able to like share my opinion without giving a caveat mm-hmm. without you know, having to qualify everything. See, that I think is where we need to be or where we need to drive to because 
and, and it, I agree with you. I think that'll be painful and hurtful. However, until we talk honestly about what's going on, we're not going to change it. What I've noticed and experienced in talking with men about these issues is there is that guardedness and Mm -hmm. I can see it. There's careful thought put into how am I going to say this? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, maybe I bring that on myself because I talk about this stuff and I'm in people's faces about it all the time. And so maybe people feel like they need to sort of watch their P's and Q's around me. But but that's not what I want to encourage. I want people to actually talk about the unvarnished, this is how I feel, or this is my opinion. Kind of, let's talk about why you think it's wrong. You know? Um, I think where it gets tricky is if it's just a opinion that has no basis or fact behind it, then you have one person just arguing and digging their heels in and someone else maybe has facts and data, but it's not going to go anywhere because this person's so dug in. Mm -hmm. But if we could actually talk about what people think, then um, I think we could actually find a path forward. Yeah. And as I say that, I, I think, oh no, please listeners <laughs> don't send this to all of your your male friends who think women shouldn't have an equal place in society and have them say i'll come be on your podcast i should embrace that yeah. but that would be a really hard conversation so let me say i would i would accept that but but yeah those are hard hard conversations and and there's potential for fairly permanent harm maybe mm-hmm you're saying that's the path forward to put the honest, your honest opinions on the table. And from that, we can ask honest questions and deal with it in totality rather than kind of nipping at it from, from mm-hmm. the periphery. Yeah, because if it's, not, if it's not the honest opinion, then we're talking about something that really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're talking about something that's not meaningful to yeah. you the people having the conversation. There's a, there's a lot of barriers that men have in discussing things that way. I heard you say um, something like, well, th- you know, to have a conversation and for a man to say, this is how I feel. And men don't start conversations or sentences that way. I feel this way. Mm-hmm. It's revealing a side of yourself that you try to keep hidden, mm-hmm. you know. I very much appreciate you. Um, sitting here and talking with me because I've, I've noticed from time to time that it is really hard, hard to talk about. And I think you have shared a lot of your personal experience and even feelings that, um, show people how to do it. I mean, it's not perfect. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, a fair amount of editing goes into all of the episodes on both sides. Yeah. Less um, as we went along. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember what the other barrier was um, for men, and tell me if this is uh, the case for women as well, but for men, talking about this stuff would force men to reveal sides of themselves and just asking questions. It reveals parts of ourselves that we try desperately to keep hidden. You know, like the man what? box is the, the quest for perfection, not showing any weakness. Uh, not knowing the information and, and, already. Right, yeah, and, and feeling as though you need to have the answers. 
Um, mm -hmm. And in having a conversation like this, there are more questions than there are answers. And um, that betrays the, the identity that we try to form for ourselves. Um, and fumbling through these conversations uh, and listening back to it, I'm like, God, I sound like an idiot half the time, you know, which is humbling. You know, I don't want to sound like an idiot. Nobody does, you know, um, and to not be able to craft exactly what you want to say. The point is that men need to allow themselves to not be perfect, to have this conversation. You know, you're going to step in it and you're going to sound like, uh, sound different than who you want people to believe you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it's very vulnerable. I guess that's the point. Like it, uh, it's not comfortable half the time and nobody likes to be vulnerable or uncomfortable. And that's the irony, you know, because I feel that women have felt vulnerable. It becomes from, I mean, there's, we're talking about vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? And women feeling vulnerable and, um, yeah, men don't want to swim in that pool either. Yeah. And that's the barrier. Well, so if we were to ask people to go have this kind of conversation with someone, I think the first, uh, piece of it is finding someone that you can, someone that you trust, that you can have a increasingly open conversation with, mm -hmm. uh, because it's, there's, I think, too much risk and danger for people to have this kind of conversation with some random person that they don't know and, yeah. and that's not going to take that vulnerability yeah. with care. You and I kind of happened on this, having these conversations through a different conversation. So we were talking about doing another podcast together. It's not like I walked up to you or you walked up to me and I said, hey, Sam, Let's talk about gender inequality. No. I would have been like, <laughs> what time is it? Yeah. <laughs> i got to be somewhere. So that to me is the first hurdle. Like You identify someone that you have a pretty good relationship with, yeah. that you trust. But how do you broach that topic? How do you get into a place where you can talk about these issues without the risk of, of being shot down right out of the gate? Um, like, how do you say, let's talk about, I mean, of course I always come back to, you could just say, Hey, did you listen to that episode of Unraveling Pink? What did you think about it? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the whole point of what I've been doing with this yeah. is to give people something that they can talk about. Mm -hmm. But, um, I'm curious from a male perspective. So for our male listeners listening, if they wanted to have that kind of conversation with a female friend, how could they approach that? Two things came to mind, um, just to have the conversation. But how? Like, what is that that you walk up to your friend no, Joanne think, and you say what? There's a lot of opportunities where you can just you start small, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's uh, anything that's in the news or the experience of the women around you. Just check in and just whatever conversation needs to be had I, guys aren't stupid you know but just inquire you know i like that start small mm -hmm. something that's not i mean put the training wheels on yeah. and not to not to water. you know 
be trite, but you got to start somewhere and you're not going to tackle the big major issues and, you know, go right for the jugular. Mm -hmm. Um, just allow yourself to have those conversations, be open to them and, and take some responsibility. Don't let it just be the woman saying, you know, bringing it up. Because that just, I think, keeps women in a vulnerable state. You know, why am I the only one saying this or thinking this? Um, and that's, that's a big part of the problem, that men are silent. And they're silent because of all the aforementioned reasons. And um, I would imagine that women feel fairly alone with all of this. And just having the little conversation and just kind of just, just taking it one moment at a time mm -hmm. um, is, is a s little steps in the right direction. And hopefully something will flourish from there and it will be an ongoing dialogue. But it has to be an ongoing dialogue. It can't just be like, well, let's talk about it once. We'll set up some time on Sunday. And uh -uh. now we're done with that. <laughs> it has to evolve. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, and I think the one-on-one -on -one conversations are important because... I would not recommend saying, you know, hey, Susie, what do you think about this in front of a group of people? Right. And, and, um, on the spot. and the chemistry of the group, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I wouldn't suggest having another, like two, two men because they feed off each other. Oh, yeah. That's a good Unless, point. yeah, who knows? I would rather it be one-on-one -on -one than... Mm -hmm. um, Guys get way more guarded around other guys. That's a generalization, but it's pretty accurate. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Do you have any other tips or suggestions for men approaching this conversation based on your experience? <sighs> it's, it's not going to be comfortable, you know, and you have to kind of own up to sides of yourself that um, aren't fully formed or sides of yourself that, um, aren't quite where you want them to be. We're not perfect. Don't try to be perfect in this yeah. conversation. Don't try to structure it in a way where you get out totally clean, you know, like mm -hmm. you, you, you have to take <laughs> chances and it, it is a risk, you know? Yeah. So ask the question that has been, You've been dying to ask, yeah. even in fear of, uh, you know, like upsetting the person you're sitting opposite. Because like you said, in, unless you're honest and you get it out on, onto the table, um, there's nothing that can happen if you're just kind of um, choosing your words wisely, as I'm choosing my words wisely. Yeah, you're very <laughs> carefully stepping through them. Right? Yeah, and I, I think that's really a really good point, and I love the suggestion of asking that question you've been wanting to ask because I think for the most part that would be received well mm -hmm. it gives like if it's asking questions I mean, we come back to the mansplaining mm -hmm. episode as opposed to telling women what they should be feeling yeah but asking about someone's experience puts them in the position of the expert like I'm yes. the expert in my personal experience just as you're the mm -hmm. expert in your personal experience and so if and the, the beauty of asking a question is that it doesn't have to be, oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. It can just be, and it doesn't have to be, this is my opinion. Yeah. It's just, I have a question and I'd love to hear your perspective on mm -hmm. it. And I think for the most part, 
people are going to be receptive to something like that. Um, although I would say for for our female listeners to give men who are willing to have this conversation with you a bit of a break and not expect them to have the same level of knowledge and mm-hmm. awareness and allow them to make mistakes and yes. keep the door open. Otherwise, it's just like it's... The door hard. will slam shut very quickly. If, um, yeah, if you get upset, and you have every right to be upset, I'm not saying you're not supposed to like be upset, but allow the question to be asked and, and, and try to almost be like a third party to it when you're listening to it. Like, don't, don't, um, don't take it personally because I feel if men see that it's affecting you um, and you're getting angry or um, men will go right back into the box. A small example of asking a question um, that you were just talking about from last week, it made me think about talking about um, the car that was a prototype car that was designed by women that had a place for women to put their purse, right? And I asked, I'm like, why do women even have to have a purse, you know? <laughs> um, Because, I, you know, I carry a phone that also doubles as a wallet and I have my keys and that's it. Yeah. And uh, part of it was a genuine question of like, why do you need all that stuff, you know? <laughs> Can't you just streamline it, you know? And I was very humbled by your answer. And, and I am still humbled by that answer. And it proved to me that, like, I don't know everything. And even after all these conversations and feeling as though, like, I'm a bit more evolved, um, you named things that women have to, uh, that are necessary that women have to have. Feminine products. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, If they're a parent, all the stuff. And I'm like, God, I bring a backpack with all that stuff. So my backpack is my purse. I never leave my home with my kids without a backpack. Um, And it just like, I was blinded by that. I'm like, you know, somehow this purse and finding a place for your purse and designing a place for that purse I just wanted to go back to like, well, why do you need a purse? Like, let's go back to the root of it. Like, why not just ditch the purse? And you told me like, these are the reasons why. And that's the big, those are the little light bulbs that go off. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not a woman. I don't need feminine products. And a lot of men aren't the primary caregivers, Mm -hmm. you know, traditionally. Yeah. And, uh, that was the big, like, I don't know everything, you know? There's there's so much room to grow and to learn. And that was a big moment. Well, it, what's interesting to me about that is it's just a simple question, right? Yeah. It, and it shows how different our experiences can be. But it was a question that came from curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I was comfortable asking it. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't you be comfortable asking anyone? Nope. Well, that 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 nope. question was because that shines was a light on enough? that shines a light on like men are better because we don't have a purse mm. and women mm-hmm. are um, whatever. Take your take your pick of uh, yeah. Well, that's a good point about the question that you're asking too and how you're asking it. Like, mm. why do you why do you have a purse? It has mm. a very different connotation than 
well, why do you have a purse? Mm. You know, and so yeah, the it's how the questions framed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think also, like what one thing that I admire about the men in my life, and I don't know if this is common across all men, is that they're very curious and they want to figure things out. And I wonder if this can, if we can make progress by making this something that men want to figure out, not to solve by themselves, but to understand. Like if there's a technology that you encounter, you might try to understand how it works or how it was designed mm. or what is it used for or how can it be made better. Um, that same mindset of wanting to learn and understand, I think, is a really positive side of, I don't know if it's the man box or if it's men or if it's everyone mm. in different levels, but if it can be approached that way of, I want to learn, not because I'm not perfect and I don't know everything, but because there's this topic that's fairly new to me um, that I want to understand more about. Would that help, like that characterization of the mindset help men to approach it? Uh, well, approach it. I think so. The voice in my head is kind of rejecting that a bit for for men, adult mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. I think there's just so much atrophy around who they have become and what they think and how they feel. But when you were talking about the curiosity and peaking that that curiosity, um, many of our solutions is catching them when they're young, you know, mm -hmm. raising yeah. boys and really appealing to that sense of discovery and curiosity. And I want to figure this out. And this is something that I don't, this is an area that I don't know anything about. Um, yeah. Some form of that continued, uh, continued experience um, as they're growing up. And a lot of that has to come from parenting. And hopefully, as they're going through the various levels of school, that there's touch points where they, they're learning that and their gender biases are challenged um, at home, at school, um, and just kind of have that, that, that common vocabulary mm -hmm. that, that, that they, they grow up with. Um, a little bit goes a long way, I think. I think it works best for for when they're young. Yeah, well, I can't wait that long. So. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we need to change things now in some way. Mm -hmm. There's got to be some, some way in to the man box to release you guys and at least be able to have a conversation. Yeah. I think most, if not all, women can categorize men that would be receptive to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know. And then you those those that that just yeah. I don't want to say are a lost cause, 
I, let's focus on the ones that would be receptive to it. Sure, yeah, build momentum. Yeah, just kind of build a list in your head and just... Yeah, so I think I don't want it to be the burden of women to go out and be the ones initiating these conversations, but no. we certainly can. And I think the more people initiating the conversations, the better. Mm -hmm. And how the conversations are initiated will lay the foundation for how successful those conversations will be and whether they continue. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear about all the conversations that our listeners are having. I'm sure there will be a flood of emails reporting back on how successful they've been. And if they haven't, they should try. Yeah. Try this week. This week's challenge, go have a conversation with someone of another gender about gender. Someone you trust. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed that. And I do encourage you to take on that challenge. It can be not just for this week, but for the whole summer. Try to start a conversation with someone that you know and trust and can have an open, honest conversation with about gender issues and see what happens. I'd love to hear how it goes for you. So do shoot me a note if you take this challenge on. And regardless of how it turns out, I'd like to hear about it. And as I mentioned in the beginning, let me know if there are any topics of interest to you for the fall season. I will be back then. So thanks, as always, for listening. I'd like to close this episode with a reflection from Sam on his experience this season, having these conversations and advice that he has for those listening. Here's Sam. Men need to understand that their behavior can trigger women in different ways, not because women are weak, but because they've endured something painful in the past. Men know a thing or two about pain. We weren't always capable of denying our emotions growing up, but we learned to hide them, deny them, to help protect ourselves from other boys. And in the process, we lost touch with how our behavior impacts others, particularly women. So pain is a common thread. The more that men can acknowledge and process the pain from their own past, the more capable they'll be at acknowledging the pain that they themselves have caused. Sadly, there's no quick fix for this. And it's not up to women to solve this alone. Women have been carrying this torch for far too long. If this was an issue of violence and mistreatment against any other living thing, both men and women would be sharing the responsibility of discovering the truth and working toward an answer. But in this case, men are ill-equipped, ashamed, and stuck in a box they never realized was being built around them. Men need to change from within.